Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Denise Walker, and I am the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries, and I'm an author and a teacher and mentor. Here at Hope in Christ, we are healthy, we are overcomers in Christ, we are purposed, and we maintain our eternal perspective because that's what's the most important in our lives. So we're going to open up with a word of prayer and then we will begin today's topic. And it is, where is your heart? So let's begin. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, O oh God, for devotion, O oh God. Devotion unto you, dear Lord. We thank you and we pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, O oh God. That we would see you, O God, and that your word says that if I be lifted up, then I would draw all men unto me. Father, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Be lifted up today. Be lifted up and draw others unto thee through this podcast, dear Father. Help us to know you, Lord. Help us not to see or hear a stranger or follow a stranger. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, welcome back to today's show. Our topic, again, is where is your heart? Um, For some reason, I have really, really, really constantly um, been going back to Genesis 4. And that's the main scripture that I'm going to focus on. And then we're going to talk about some scriptures that um, relate to what the Bible says about the heart. But I've been um, really looking at Genesis 4. And then many of us are familiar with Genesis 4. It is about Cain and Abel. And um, I used the study um, by Minister um, Kay Arthur. And, and one of her, in all of the things she tells you to do as you study the Bible, she tells you one of the things she says is, write the theme for every chapter. And so I was reading and I've read it over and over and over again. And the theme that came to my mind this time is where's your heart? Where's your heart? So let's refresh our memory of Genesis 4. And then we'll talk about why that I believe that's the theme. Genesis 4 says, now the man, Adam, had relations with his wife, Eve. And she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. 
but you must master it. Cain told Abel, his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. And am I my brother's keeper? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a a vagrant and wanderer of the earth. And one um, version says... Um, where they would want, he would wander to and fro. Um, vagabond is the word that is used in another portion of scripture. This is the New American Standard Version. Verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground and from your face. I will be hidden and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold and the Lord appointed a son for Cain so that no finding him, no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Now, there are many, many um, themes that we could possibly come up with. Um, One theme we could also say could be, is it worth it? You know, one, one thing we could pull from it is, is it worth it? But I pulled from it, where's your heart? Because there were some things that were going on um, with Cain. And and I broke down the scripture with who, what, the actions and all of that. So I'm just going to um, kind of go through what I have written. And then look back at the scripture and we're going to talk about it. So who was in this scripture? We had Adam, we had Eve, we had Cain, and we had Abel, the two brothers. Cain in our time was considered um the farmer the farmer and Abel in our time we would call him a shepherd because he kept the flock now the time or the culture that um this took place of uh, of course was the beginning of civilization um and there were there were again farming and shepherds um the time that's the way that um, they lived back then. So, the word spoken. Um, the word spoken, and I and I wrote down a lot of words that were spoken that were very important. I thought were very important. And um, one of them was, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. And, and it's in all caps. So Lord here means Yahweh, self-existing one. So Eve says, I have gotten a man child. It was Cain. He said that about Cain first. Um, with the Lord, with the help of the Lord. So it was important 
to God for them to multiply. Um, he, he commanded them to do that. And so that was some wording that I jotted down. And then another set of words was, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. Now, this here is personification. If we're familiar with personification, it's a type of figurative language and um, it makes something that's not human sound human. Um, we know that sin can't physically, literally crouch at the door. That means like it's kind of like somebody's outside the door waiting to pounce on someone else as they open the door to come out. And so, and it's trying to give you a visual of what sin can do. And so this was interesting that God was saying this to Cain um, at the time, at the time. So that's kind of where I got, where is your heart? Because he said, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. So he's letting him know what sin could do to him. He's also giving him an option. You know, he's not demanding. He's he's telling him what um, spiritually sin can do to him to and, and overtake him if he does not um, master it or rule over it in his life. And the only way he was able to do that was that relationship with God. And so that's one, again, one of the reasons why I said, where's your heart? And then some of the other words to talk about some of the other words that I pulled from that scripture, where is your brother Abel? And then Cain says, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? So where's your brother Abel? It's not like God does not, God is all knowing he's God. He's um, the self-existing one. Um, he's Yahweh, so he know he knew where Abel was, but he was it, that question was for Cain, not for God. That question was for Cain. Where's Abel? He wanted to know with with Cain telling the truth, and of course, Cain' response was sounding to me to be very prideful. Um, where is your brother Abel? I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Like, what do you want from me? Why are you asking me? And so um, there were some things going on in Cain's heart um, at that time. And then he said, um, after the, the punishment, he said, my punishment is great. It's too great. It's too great. So here in this particular scripture, I noticed that Cain never necessarily repented. He recognized that he was being punished by God for what he had done for um, killing his brother, and um, and notice God didn't strike him dead. God didn't strike him dead. I believe that in this particular passage, God was trying to build a relationship with Cain, and I believe Abel had a relationship with God because of the um, the offering that he brought. It appeared to come from the heart. It appeared to come more from his heart and his love for God that he sacrificed. And then remember, it was his first thing, meaning the first of his, the best of all he had. And and we know that at that time, 
um, their flock um, and everything equated to lots of money. Um, it was worth a lot. And so um, we know that Abel didn't seem, well, I think he didn't seem to care about that. He knew that he had to bring his best to the best, who is God. And Cain, it kind of looked like he just kind of said, okay, well, here you go. I, I've done my religious work for the day. Um, now let me go back to my field and do what I do. And so that's um, that was a heart thing. That was a heart issue with Cain. Um, and I'm going to read the actions that I jotted down from that scripture. Um, she gave birth to Cain and Abel. So there were, those were the actions. They were born from um, Adam and Eve. Um, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel brought an offering the firstling of his flock and their fat portions. So notice the wording. Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. But Abel brought the. Now, in and the, there's two different things when we think about the English language. The is something very specific. It's set apart. You know that is is you know, there's nothing else there like it. Um, the fruit of the ground. So, um, no, I'm sorry. Abel brought an offering of the firstling of his flock. And so the firstling, that means that there was only one of those special, unique. Um, but Cain just kind of walked in the field and, hey, let me just grab something and go take offering. Because to me, Cain's actions were more religious. Like, that's what we do. And we move on. Now I've done it okay. Mm, I don't really have a relationship with God. But that's what we do in our culture. So let's do that and let's move on. Abel's offering was different. So it was, that's why I said, where's the heart? The heart, both of their hearts were in different places different places. Abel seemed to be more in walking in relationship with God. And then it goes on to say the Lord regarded Abel's offering, but not Cain's. Cain, after that, so we back up a little bit and we say, well, how do we know that God regarded um, Abel's offering and not Cain's? Well, first of all, we know because it says it in scripture but we also um, could probably kind of fill in the blank and kind of um, think about, well, maybe um, God had caused Abel to prosper. And Cain began to notice it, notice these things about Abel. There was something different. He prospered in, in the ways of God and um, Cain did not. And uh, so this, became, this made Cain very angry, which then results to what I think is jealousy of his brother. Jealousy, envy, those are heart issues. And um, Cain then acted on his anger, the bitterness, all these things that's going on inside of his heart. And he killed his brother. He's innocent. He shed innocent blood. And then there was a cause and effect. So um, this was very, very, I mean... 
I just enjoyed reading about this because I thought about, you know, myself, you know, and and others like in the world, do we bring a Cain offering or do we bring an Abel offering um to God? Um and and it was amazing just just writing this down. So the cause and effect that took place here was because um Cain had sinned against God. Because he had sinned against God um, and taken his brother's life, here's what God did. The ground was no longer able to yield its strength to him. So he, whatever blessings and and um, provision God was making for him was no longer going to happen as it was before. And he said, you will be a fugitive. That's another term that's used in one of the other um, scriptures. And you will be a wanderer on the earth. So basically, in our time, a fugitive, someone, and a wanderer is someone, they don't have a place to live. They are um, out there on their own. They, They don't have a covering. They don't have anywhere to go. And so that was the result of murder. The first recorded murder in scripture, all resulting from a heart issue. Heart issue. And then Cain begins to feel sorry for himself. Like, but it didn't sound to me like he repented. But he just began to say, um, I will be a fugitive and whoever finds me will kill me. Because he knew what he did was wrong. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't have responded that way. He knew what he did was wrong, but he could have taken it a step further and said, please forgive me. God is a forgiving God. He doesn't change. So it's not that he wouldn't have forgiven Cain at the time. He showed Cain mercy, and we're going to look at that in a moment. So some other actions that were in this particular scripture. Um, He built the city. So he, he went up out from the presence of the Lord. That's one of the actions that was a grave, grave, grave result of his um, sin. Um, and he lived in Nod um, called Wandering, east of Eden. And um, then he had relations with his wife and gave birth to Enoch. So he he was out of the presence of God, which, which was the scary part. Um... And then he started his own family. And um, so it was very, very heartbreaking to see the ending of Cain and his heart issue. And then, of course, we know later on the scripture records that they had another son, Seth. Um, And then after that, people began to call on the name of the Lord again. So some of the things that I also wrote, so like I said, this was a really, really, really extensive study um, because this this scripture, reading it over and over before, it just intrigues me. So one of the questions I wrote about this before we get into some scripture that talk about what the Bible says about the heart. One of the questions I wrote about this when I was studying it, I asked, how had the fall the disobedience in the garden affected humanity. So 
I went back to what happened in the garden and the disobedience and um the desire to make one wise and um and those things that they acted upon to um thinking they would be like God and so they could do it their way. And so this was my response. Sin was effect, um affected Cain's heart. He was bitter and jealous. He only um obeyed out of the tradition, but his heart wasn't turned to God as Abel's. He then became bitter and more bitter. He wanted to operate in his own will. He never repeat, repented and um and then it went on that his grandson um took two wives. So it just went on and on and on from there. Um, so sin, um, the fall and the disobedience to God had affected Cain's heart. And um, God was giving Cain instructions about what sin could do to him. And he didn't heed to it. Um, and then I also wrote, God still desired a relationship, but it wasn't forced upon Cain. Um, he did bring judgment on Cain for the murder of of Abel because he's God. He has to give righteous judgment, but his it was also mercy because he put a um a sign on Cain that nobody would take his life, so he showed him mercy. But do we believe that um, Cain was probably miserable for the rest of his life because he was out of the presence of God? He had committed murder. He never repented and he was running like a fugitive, afraid of, for his life, afraid that somebody was going to kill him for what he had done. And then I asked another question, how does this relate to my life? So we have to apply it to our own lives. And I wrote, I sometimes bring an offering to God and my husband as Cain did. Kind of half-heartedly. Um, this is what you do. Just, hey, let's get it over with. Here you go. Um, and, and it really made me think about it and, and uh, repent and uh, begin to pray about that. And then I wrote, I, also, I can't do things out of religious tradition. But because I love and trust the Lord um, as my father, as my creator. And we all have to do that. We all have to do that. We cannot operate just from a religious background, a religious tradition of man. And um, this is why we do what we do. We desire to read the word because we love God. Um, we pray and we just sit in silence and listen for God's voice because we love him and we want him to give us direction. And um, not judging anyone because we've all, you know, gotten away. But... Um, we just have to get back to that in our heart, our heart being God. And so let it not be where someone says, where's your heart? As they um, seem to have asked Cain, as God seemed to basically have asked Cain. But let our hearts be in Christ. Let our hearts be in Christ. And um, so let's take a look at 
a few scriptures that talk about what the Bible says about the heart. Because remember, where our heart is. Where is our heart? Where is our heart? Is it in God or is it our desire for what we want? And it's um, keeping us away from walking in relationship, true relationship with Jesus. And um, one of the main scriptures that we all are familiar with is Psalm 51 and 10. And it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, that's what Cain needed to do. God take away this feeling, this anger, this jealousy, because he had done wrong and he couldn't handle it. So instead of repenting, he multiplied his sin and and he committed murder because he never dealt with and never um, said God created me a clean heart and renew, renew, create in me and a clean heart. It means clean my heart. We can't clean our own hearts. We can't. And renew, that means make new again. Make new again. Take away the bitterness. Take away the anger. Take away the strife that's there. And make new again. And Ezekiel 36 and 26 is another scripture. And God says what he does for our heart. And I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So God, if Cain would have repented, could remove the stony heart from him and give him a heart of flesh. And he can do the same for us if we allow him to, if we surrender our hearts to him. And then Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. This is the English Standard Version. Who can understand it? And then verse, 7, verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So the first part of that scripture says the heart is deceitful above all things. So we know that because of the fall, we have a, our heart can deceive us. We can become, um, you know, deceived by the things that are inside of our heart. We may think we're good and we're not. And God was showing, that's where God steps in and says, I search. He said, I, the Lord, I, the existing one, search the heart and test the mind. So I search what's in your heart and I let you know what's in there and let me heal you. Let me cleanse it out, clean you out and deliver you and test the mind. What's going through your mind? What are the things, the thoughts that were going through Cain's mind that God could have delivered him from? And he said to give every man according to his ways. So Cain got what he deserved because of his ways and the things that he had done against God. And he said, according to the fruit of his deed. So his deed was murder and he never repented. And so those are a few scriptures. We're going to look at a couple more and we're going to close out in prayer. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Keep your heart. That's an action word. Keep means that you have to do something. You know, we live in a time, we live in a, um, um, grace. Like, you know, we're under grace. 
And so the time we live in, people make us, you know, think that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to, we just, you know, believe in Jesus and, and you live in a kind of way you keep going and you do what you want to do. But the word says in Proverbs 4 and 23, keep your heart. Keep. That means we have to do something. Keep is something like, okay, you, and it says with all vigilance. Vigilance means to pay attention. Pay close attention. Let me, let me, let me say that. Vigilance means to t- pay close attention to. That means you're awake, constantly looking. What's trying to get into my heart? For from it flow the springs of life. From it, things can get deep on the inside. And we were just um, talking about that um, on a prayer line um, that is so awesome this morning. Um, And the things that can get into your heart. But Proverbs, God tells you to keep your heart guarded. Protect it. Can we do that in our strength? No. Through the word of God, through praying, through fasting, through trusting and walking in relationship with Christ. Can we keep our heart with vigilance? Because there are things that are going to hurt and penetrate us. And we have to keep and guard our hearts from that. And let's look at one more and then we're going to close out in prayer. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We are all familiar with this scripture and I love it. I love to close out with it. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not. Let me say that again. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Again, that's the English Standard Version. So trust in the Lord. Place your trust in the existing one, the self-existing one. With all of your heart. It didn't say some of your heart. It didn't say part of your heart. It didn't say half of your heart. It said with all of your heart and do not. Do not. Some more action. Do not lean Do not go to the side of your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Pray to him. Ask him for direction. Ask him to lead and guide your life because it's not your life. It's his that he allowed you to borrow for a time. And he will make straight your paths. Amen. So if Cain would have would have trusted in the Lord with all of his heart, as Abel did, and not leaning to his own understanding, his own understanding was like he he it was something not good about him. Abel was the better brother, so that's that's his own under that was his own understanding. It, Abel was better, and he was more successful, and he was more blessed. That's where we get into our own understanding. And he didn't acknowledge God in all his ways. He just went and got religious tradition. And he here, let me go and, and do this and, and get it over with so I can get back to what I was doing. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Amen. Amen. Let us pray.
Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, God, that our hearts, God, help us to get our hearts in you, trusting in you, not into people, not into things, but in you, not in our own understanding, our own ways, God, but your will be done in our lives, God. Lead and guide us, direct our paths. Help us to love you with every fiber of our being, God. That every decision we will bring to you, because it's not ours, it's yours. We thank you for who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's devotional at Hoping Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Follow me on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, you can um, grab one of my books for a youth. Um, my first one is uh, Representing God, Taking a Healthy Look at the Holy One of Israel. It is a youth workbook slash journal where it identifies the deity of Christ. And they will come into an understanding of Christ for themselves. And then my second and latest release is Hannah's Hope. And Hannah's Hope is addresses um, child molestation, child abuse, and how um, our children respond, our our teens respond, and God, what God's word says about um, those things that we experience and the trauma. And um, tune in for the next show, and also for the next book that God has laid on my heart for women. Thank you. Be blessed. And continue to hope in Christ.